While many kids are making their holiday wish lists, the patients at Nationwide Children's Hospital are simply wishing they could be home. But you have the power to make their stay a little brighter. The moment you make a donation, the butterflies on the lawn at Nationwide Children's light up for our patients to see. And that gift brings joy, funds research, and the world's finest care. Please, light up the lawn, light up a life. Give now at nationwidechildrens.org slash give. When the kids call and they say, hey, Dad, can you pick up Skyline? I'm always like, absolutely. I'm halfway there because you don't have to tell me twice. That's the time for our family to be together, and Skyline's always been part of our family time. You are now listening to the Going Deep Podcast with your hosts, Kevin Massari and Mike Bunt. Live from the Cover One Sports Network, here we go. Welcome into another edition of the Going Deep Podcast. Boy, is it getting close to free agency, Mike. Only a few weeks away as the franchise trade deadline opened today for the trade or the deadline period for the excuse me the franchise tag so we're pretty excited to see what comes out of this news uh and notes but first Jordan Poyer had some comments today as well but we'll be right back at you very shortly Josh Allen looking deep going deep to me talking about the bills what else would you rather be doing we're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. Right now, I just want to talk about this championship level. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw. And it is pulled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone and caught for a touchdown. Play action. Boy, what a beautiful February day, Mike, in late February as we're kind of getting through the winter here, slowly but surely, with these ice and hail storms that we have going on coming up here uh, this week. Uh, 60 degree days. We got some free agency coming up very soon. A couple of weeks, the tampering period, everybody's favorite time of year. We have the, we have the combine coming up next week at the end of next week as well. So that should be fun. Lots of stuff to take away from that. I'm sure we'll be getting some great, great player profiles from the team. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Like you said, uh, we're getting some nice weather in Buffalo this past week and a half. Can't beat that in February. And uh, sooner than later, we're going to have that combine and, some more draft stuff to talk about going forward. So good time, a nice little break, but I uh, can't wait to get more into the Bills offseason in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, I look forward to the Raz scores coming out. We'll get probably Kent Lee Platty on here, the much-talked-about Raz. Uh, we'll see what he has to say about everything that's going on. Um, you know, Whether we, you know, we've had some internal debates whether the Bills follow Raz or not, that'll be a topic of discussion going forward. Kent told us that they started to, they're starting to use Raz. Uh, is one of their higher Raz teams. Um, so we're going to, and a lot of their hits have been players above a six Raz score. So it's something that we're going to track uh, all spring 
as we get more into the draft time. But right now, there's been some topics, Mike, and it's it's of Poyer. I want to start with Jordan Poyer. Uh, and he said, you know, he's loved his six years in Buffalo and uh, how exciting of a time it is for him and his family to go out and uh, pursue free agency. Um, and whether he may or may not have ever exchanged uh, numbers with Brandon Bean or not, it's a pretty big topic of discussion. So where do you stand on that? Do you think Von Miller changed the Bills perspective on money? Do you think the signing Dawson Knox kind of affected what they did with Jordan Poyer? Where do you stand with that? And is there a realistic way or path back for Jordan to this roster? Or are we kind of already through that saying, you know, he's probably good as gone. I feel like he's already as good as gone, but that doesn't mean that necessarily is the case. If he goes out in free agency and there isn't the market that he's expecting, I guess there always is the possibility that he could come back to Buffalo if uh, the offer, if there was an offer that was similar to anything on the table. I do believe some team out there that has a bunch of cap is going to throw money at him. Uh, not every team in the NFL was always thinking about winning the Super Bowl, but you always are trying to sell tickets to your fan base. And Jordan Poyer is a big name free agent based on what he's done in Buffalo since he got here in 2017. What is interesting is it does appear that the Bills have kind of limited what they believe his number has been. And that's been the case since he's kind of gotten to the Bills organization, whether or not, obviously we know he's a, a truly special talent, but you, you almost have to wonder if Bean and them have lowered his value over the years by basically saying, you play alongside Micah Hyde. You've been part of a great defensive scheme. You capitalize off of being in this system with great playmakers around you. Not that he's not one himself, but it could potentially be that you look at his age, you look at um, what he's demanding, and the, the Bills are just like, you're just not worth that premium to us. Right. Not that we don't respect you, but we have you at a certain number, and you have far surpassed that based on your play on the field. So I guess sum it up for us. So we're going to talk a lot about Jordan Poyer, and I've seen a lot of numbers thrown around. This is what's confusing about him. Like, Will he take a single digit per year? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, will he end 8 to 10? That's questionable. Do you feel like, is there a number that you would feel comfortable with? Like, okay, that's a number where they probably shouldn't lose the end of the career for Jordan player, like three for 30. Like where do you, is there a number that would make you feel comfortable with bringing him back? I mean, if it's any less than 10, you're, it's going to be yeah. kind of hard to accept. I know when we were talking about this last summer, um, heading into training camp, when there was talk, well, could they be talking to one another with Drew Rosenhaus involved? At that point, we were thinking that Poyer was probably a fair deal would have been around 13 million. Maybe he wanted 14, something like that. You look at the Tyron Matthew contract, and if Poyer gets closer to that, we could be looking at 10, 11 million. And that's where it'd be kind of difficult to see him leave. The question would be if he did leave to another team for 10, 11 million, what type of term is he getting? Is he getting a third year? Um, is a team willing to go? Uh, longer to to make him somewhat happy with that. It, realistically, if I'm the Bills, I'd want probably a two-year deal, 11, 12 million. Um, Poyer, realistically, I, I, I believe he's going out there wanting to, to make 14, 15. I'm not saying that's realistic, but why not see what you're worth? And worst case, worst case scenario, you're not worth what you think you are. You always had the fallback plan that the Bills are going to want you. 
It's it's not like the Bills are just going to say, hey, you're not welcome back here. I, I think if, if Porter was humbled in free agency, there should always still be that door or avenue back to, to coming back if if he's willing to take something on the Bills' terms. Yeah, Drew, uh, Drew Rosenhaus, uh, agent last year, I mean, probably kind of put some pressure on the Bills, and the Bills are kind of like, we're not going to touch this right now is what I'm going to assume happened. I don't know that there was ever money talks exchanged. I think the Bills kind of just maybe in future or past years said, hey, we'll get you done maybe, something like that. Uh, things came up, Von Miller calls. Uh, they, they feel a good deal was had for Dawson Knox uh, at the early last season. And now all of a sudden that money's getting tight. And what do you do? So spot track estimates he's at 11 million. Um, PFF estimated 8.5 million for um, Jordan Poyer. Jordan himself probably wouldn't agree with the 8.5. Eleven's probably even slightly low for what he he's probably thinking. But I think I think a team needs to go to three years on Jordan for a couple reasons. A, you can push out a bonus for a third year. B, you can backload it and make that third year fairly unattainable anyway. C, it pumps up the total numbers for Rosenhaus. There's a lot of reasons for the third year, and it gives teams relief this year. So the third year, I think the Bills would actually want. Uh, really, he'd play two. I think the Bills would want a third year on there, so that gives them leverage and flexibility in case he's still playing at a high level. They could keep him for a third. They could push some money out. I don't know that it's super outlandish that the Bills could get him done, but I do, I do think he'd be closer to the PFF 8.5 um, to get back in Buffalo. I don't think he's in double digits. I don't think, at least in Buffalo, he would even approach the 11 to 13 number. I, I, I don't think that they're there. But if it gets down to 9, 8, over 3, I think that becomes appealing to Brandon Bean, who would probably have him on the cap at about $5 million, like he always has um, this year. So it's all kind of a game. Uh, but it's a matter of I do think there's a game that the Bills win and they come out with Jordan Poyer, especially if he's getting similar office offers on the market and to maybe non-playoff or non non-competitive teams to teams that are, you know, I don't know that that's where he'll go at this stage of his career. Maybe a Dallas, but he'd go back to Cleveland. I, I don't know where his mindset is. My everyone talks about Miami with him, obviously the natural connection there down down there. But Miami's in some of their own cap problems. They need a lot. They need to do a lot there. And that team, they don't have running backs. They don't have tight ends. That they have. They have a lot of focus and needs to go, Mike. So I don't think he can just pick and say, "I want to play for Miami." Uh, I, I do believe that there is a time in this free agency period where Jordan could come back to the Bills and say, "All right, you got eight. You got nine. That seems to be like what I can do, um, and I'll take it rather than go to Cleveland for nine. I might go to you for eight, eight and a half. Do you think that's realistic, or do you think that someone? What's your final opinion? You think he gets the bag? Jordan Poyer gets the bag for twelve plus million. I think he will get the bag for twelve plus. Okay. I I don't think he's going to get like the fifteen million uh, that maybe some people would have thought could have been a possibility last off season. Uh, but I I do think he's going to get in the twelve plus range. We know how teams throw crazy money during free agency. That's the big reason why I think it's unlikely he comes back. The Bills didn't touch his number. He obviously is putting a high value uh, on himself. And if he doesn't get the 12-plus million, I will kind of feel a little bad for him just because from the way his career started, obviously I I don't feel bad for overall money. I mean, he's made a tremendous living. He's made a ton of money during his NFL career. But to really be a little bit of a later bloomer where when he came to Buffalo, he was already – uh, with a few organizations, he was an unproven free agent. So when he comes to Buffalo, he's really kind of a, 
a secondary piece behind Micah Hyde, who was the big ticket item. You have all the success, but you, you sign contract extensions for reasonably fair money, but you end up outperforming it greatly. You end up getting a, a first team all pro, then a, a pro bowl appearance. And you're really never going to get, if he doesn't cash out on this contract, the money that'll basically go along with the production of his career. He is out. He is far outperformed the amount of money that he's gotten paid. We've seen far worse players get paid far more money um, just based on potential and where they've been drafted. So in, in a way, a, a lot of these athletes, obviously the, the money is important from a living uh, aspect, but a lot of these athletes use the money to also as a justification of basically their talent and to um, point to what they've contributed uh, on an NFL field. And for someone like Jordan Poirier that we know the, the recognition means a lot to him. We, we know what uh, he's campaigned for being a pro bowler, for being an all pro player. I look at this as even if he's going to a losing team, he will look at this as I finally got my worth for all the years uh, of work I put in. So not likely to be Buffalo, but I am happy for him if he does cash in. Two questions, Mike. One being final to wrap up Jordan Poyer. One being if he came back to you right now and said, I would take three for 30, do you take it? I probably would. I probably would. I, you know what? I know he's on the wrong side of 30, but there are safeties in the past that have played into their mid 30s at a reasonably high level. You know that you're going to have Micah Hyde back next year. So you're going to have at least one more year of Hyde. And if you had Poyer in that scenario, I would feel good about the defense in a, in a Super Bowl window. Uh, area so yeah I, I would probably do that I'd be a little bit worried about the later years but um, the the real question there would be what would be the the tail off in years two and three and I still think at that point he'd probably be as good as uh, another replacement level player that you would put in at that spot where do you think he would go do you think Cleveland do you think New York oh, I, I have no clue man no. it it, it because what type of teams are, are going to be going after him? Are, is it going to be a winner, uh, a right. contender that's okay. looking for the, the final piece? Is it going to be uh, – because, like, let's, let's be real. When we're talking about teams throwing a bag, it's normally the lesser teams in the NFL. So – and what makes it tough for them, to, for a lesser team to throw a bag of money at a person like Poyer is he's already on the wrong side of 30. So that, that's what makes this all kind of difficult because – if you're not going to get a long-term deal, the most you're going to see him probably get is three years. Um, It's going to need to be one of those teams. That's kind of the mid tier teams, a team that's like maybe an eight, nine win team that thinks that splashy free agent addition. That's why why I think the Giants slightly above the the top. So I I don't think he's going to go to a crap team, but uh, I don't think it's going to be a contending team either, because I, I just don't see many of the top teams giving, a long-term high, high value contract to a, a person at his age. Yeah, I agree. I'm where I would need Jordan at a very reasonable rate, including a deal where he's basically making three to five in his first year, based on the way it's structured, regardless of what the total annual value is uh, the total uh, contract value is, I should say. So to me, I'm a no, unless he's getting creative with me and we're sitting at the table and I've designated Jordan to come back and we're talking a single digits, 
in the, in the first year, pretty low in the second year, and maybe a balloon third year that may or may not exist. That's just a different way to say he's only getting a two year deal at like 16 million. So, um, you know, so to me, that would be a very team friendly deal. And that's probably the only way that I see uh, Jordan coming back. And I'm not ruling that out. I, I mean, anything's possible, but I think the Bills need to, to, to pivot and utilize that cap space elsewhere. Getting in, I know we talked a little bit about Tremaine Edmonds last week, Mike. Devin Singletary, though, he's an interesting name um, because, you know, no one's talking about him. How much do the Bills really like him? We're assuming that, that he's just gone and walked, um, but we don't 100% know that, especially similar to the Poyer debate, if to a lesser extent he's willing to come back at two for eight or something. So where do you stand on, on, on Devin Singletary? Would it be nice to come into this year with your running backs, not really having to deal with it? Or would it be, you know, dipping into the free agent pool and or later in the draft or maybe early if B. John Robinson happens to fall? Where do you stand on the Singletary debate? And what if it's a team friendly two for eight? Like, where where, where, where do we go? I don't, I don't even know if I'd do the, the two for eight, to be honest with you, Kevin. Okay. I, I don't, I don't want to spend much money at running back. And my, my thing is, if this was a normal – normal offseason where you didn't have a, a million great running backs uh, hitting free agency, maybe I'd say two for eight, take it and, and continue to get decent production out of the running back position. But it is so loaded right now, Kev, in free agency and this draft that why are you going to pay $4 million for, for a running back? You don't need to at this point. Really, the, the play isn't even to go out and be aggressive at these running backs. It's let everyone else – be aggressive and then go after who's remaining and be like, Hey, you come to Buffalo, you'll have a chance to get 50 50 split with James cook. And life's better with an auto policy from American family insurance. No matter what dreams you're driving towards, that's because our expert agents will make you feel totally protected with the right auto coverage at the right price. You'll also save up to 23% when you bundle auto with home. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster. In a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S., Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. You'll you'll have a chance to be on a contending team that has won a division title three consecutive years. And if that doesn't work out for you, you take someone in the fourth, fifth round, and you just you go forward with that. Even a guy like Sean Tucker could be a, a third round pick out of Syracuse. Maybe even an early fourth round pick, depending on how, how things fall, I'd be perfectly content having a, a Sean Tucker, James Cook backfield. Um, you still have Naheem Hines on the scene. They have to figure out what they're going to do with him because his cap hit is quite frankly a little bit, um, he's getting paid a little bit more than what he should be at, at the moment for the Bills too. So I like Devin Singletary. He's a good player. And then in the past, I could see more of a, a role for him. But just the way running back has gotten devalued 
in this current market, it's it's hard for me to have him back unless he takes a tremendous discount, which I really don't think would be fair to him. Uh, if I'm Devin Singletary, I'm, I'm going to want to see what I can get if the Bills are only offering me two, three million a year, which we know probably worth a little bit more than that. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's an, a number that makes sense. Again, I think Brandon Bean does have a number. If if he comes back and maybe two for six, that's what Jamal Williams signed. I, does he done more than Jamal Williams in his career? Maybe a little bit, but I, I don't ultimately, prior to this year, that is, I don't know if you decline someone coming back and, and you get that checkbox and you don't have to worry and use that pick. There is a number that the team probably feels comfortable with, but there are some really good running backs behind the top couple that could be had. Like you already mentioned a couple Zach Charbonnet, Dwayne McBride, Chris Rodriguez Jr. From Kentucky, Sean Tucker, uh, Tank Bigsby, Tajay Spears. From uh, Chase Tulane, from Illinois. Right? Yeah, so. yeah, Deuce Vaughn. There's a couple names there that I think the Bills could get a different style. Tajay Shop's pretty similar to what they have, but the others are pretty similar, or excuse me, are, are would be a new kind of different style of running back that could come in and do something different. And those guys could be had late third to, to the fifth, somewhere in there, um, when they'll start to probably rapidly go, because they're talented players in there that people will probably want to spend a fourth on. And that's really where the value, uh, you know, everyone's looking for a Bernard Pierce. That value is pretty, pretty decent in that range. A kind of a change late in the season where they started to, to transition more to James Cook. I'm not saying that Cook will ever be a, a primary number one. I, I don't know what the Bills' long-term plans are with him, but watching Cook, seeing some of that explosiveness that he has in his game, it just it made it more evident of what Singletary was lacking uh, yeah. overall as a player. And none of this is to to slight him. Singletary is a very good talent. His his vision and his uh, ability to avoid tackles, make plays, and make a defender miss, it's incredible. But the lack of burst and the real lack of pass-catching ability – it hurts this offense. He he, People will look at stats and be like, oh, he, he always gets in the 30s for catches. He can catch it if you throw it right at him. But he's not a guy that you can really do much advanced things with. And a lot of drops late in the year as well. So yeah, I just, I'm just looking for something different out of running back for the Bills. And uh, it, it's more so appreciate everything he's done. I just would want to go in a different direction overall. And special shout out producer AJ uh, running as always. Um, but but further than that, we have a nine o'clock show tonight. It's actually uh, going to be a really good addition. Um, so you know, please tune into the nine o'clock show. Decides coverage. That's Ant tonight. So um, you know, we're going to continue the action coming at you. And tomorrow with our cat special, uh, what a great what a great thing we're looking forward to tomorrow evening. A special, all of us from me, Greg, Ant, uh, David. Uh, we're going to, and all the producers, we're going to have a cap special, a running tally, kind of pick up on our conversation here of what Mike and I are talking about. We're going to propose it to the team of all of cover one. We're going to agree on an official move list on what will happen from our ideas on who to cut to how to create cap space. Who are we restructuring these re-signs? Are we going to do Poyer? Are we going to do admins? Are we going to do Singletary? Are we going to do some of the lesser guys? So please tune into that on the Cover One Podcast Network tomorrow, uh, tomorrow evening for that edition. So um, look out for that that episode. So Mike, I think we both agree there's really no path to Singletary. We've mentioned off some of the rookies that we'll get into later on. Um, you know, some of the people I believe AJ and some others are going down to Indy to kind of look at some of the combine that's going down there. So it's going to be a fun 
uh, next couple of weeks to really get into those running backs. I think if Singletary doesn't sign, I do believe that will be on their list for at least the third to fifth. It is crazy. We're going to get into that. Uh, We've been talking about running back in the draft three consecutive years, but two of the three are going to be gone. It's, it's getting to the point where eventually you're just hoping one of these guys can just take yeah. a step up. I, I know we, we talk about running back being a devalued position. We're mentioning all that stuff right now, but eventually one of these guys has to be more than what we're seeing. They, they've all been okay outside of Zach Moss, but I'm hoping eventually they can maybe cook as the guy. They can get a little bit more uh, from these spots. You see, uh, a lot of other teams across the league hitting on later round running backs, mm-hmm. especially when when you see the Chiefs get um, a seventh rounder who ends up being an impact player for them. So hopefully, eventually, the Bills can get some more um, more consistency from that from that position overall. Yeah, and as we kind of rip through some of the other moves that Brandon Bean's going to need to make, and but the team's thinking. I know we spent a lot of time on Edmonds, so you know, please on demand check out our last week's episode. Uh, some good continuing talk on this topic to kind of start us off. Um, and what are the, your bills, early free agency plans? That's the topic for today. Talked about admins last week, just got into Singletary and Poyer. So, um, you know, please check that out if you didn't already hear that, but as we move on to the list, there's still some names there of players that are interesting. I wanted to start with one that's not necessarily a free agent, but may play a role in this whole scenario. And it's Ed Oliver. He's got a 10, 10 and a half million dollar cap one year. Um, can move that salary you can extend it. You can do a lot of different things here at that Alvarez. He kind of plays a role into this situation here this year, in my opinion. Mike, what are you thinking with that Oliver? Do you want to see him extended, reduce that 10 cap hit, push him out, have a DT for a long time, be pretty decent, not really have to worry about it too, too much? Are you trade him for a pick? Are you let him play this year? Where do you stand on that Oliver as it is a key, key name as we need to kind of plan out this future? Yeah, this is a tough one, Kev. I don't really know the right way to move forward with Ed and it might end up being a situation similar to what we have in Tremaine Edmonds right now, where you invested a first round pick in this guy. He was supposed to be a game wrecker, a, a game changing type of D tackle. And through four years, it that hasn't been the case, but he hasn't been a bad player either. He is a decent NFL player, but he hasn't brought to the table what the expectation was so you if, if you want to trade him what type of value are you going to get back it, it's questionable that you're that you're going to get fair value back for him then also if you trade him you risk him going to another team and potentially having a breakout fifth year and, and then you're sitting at home being like that's exactly what we need and we got rid of it and you, you risk giving up on a player too soon. So that's part of the thought process. But then you look at how much money a guy like Ed Oliver is going to command. And, and that's where it really becomes an issue. Because you know if you don't end up signing into an extension prior to the season, if you wait until next free agency, you're going to be kind of in a Tremaine Edmonds situation again where if he plays well, you're going to have to pay him big money. D-tackles get paid big money. Good ones get paid like they're great. Great ones get paid like they're the best players in football. So it's a tough situation. I'm not comfortable yet giving him a long-term deal and paying him premium money. I know all offseason, early part of the year, I I thought I was going to get to that point. Mm 
But right now, having seen how our D line did down the stretch without Von Miller, not and no one on that line carried them. So uh, obviously, I, I feel good about Greg Rousseau, but not enough about the rest of the the D line overall. So I think you play it safe and you go into the season without a contract and you basically hope that throughout the year he earns the contract. And if he earns a big deal, you can reward him in uh, the next off season and you just take it from there. I, I know that's not the smart, what a lot of people wouldn't say would be the smart move. They'd say trade him and get value for it. If you don't know if you're going to bring him back, but I don't know how you can have a decision either way at this point. Hmm. That's an interesting one. I don't, I don't hear much with the, no, not extend him talk or not uh, trade him talk. So that's an interesting perspective to kind of. I mean, well, I guess the thing is, everybody's going to want to make that decision now because they don't want to be in limbo, right? At next year, and, and the, the fear is, like we said with Tremaine, the guy performs at a high level, and then next thing you know, you're paying uh, a premium for a player that you could have extended for much less uh, had you just done it earlier. But if you don't have the confidence that you're 100% going to get that type of play from him, I don't know how you can pay him that contract now. And, yeah, if he performs and deserves the big deal after next year, it, is there going to be consequences? Yes, but that's the way it is sometimes. And I, I would rather play it safe than – then take a risk and put myself in further potential trouble. It's different when you have a guy like Josh Allen, where you know he's a gener- he's a, a franchise quarterback and that you're going to get that solid production going forward. Yeah, pay, give him the bank and try to be early with it to avoid paying the premium later on. It's different with an Ed Oliver. You really don't know what you have yet. Right, and let me, let me put a different perspective on it because I appreciate that side of it. The thing is, there's too much benefit to doing something now. In, in a lot of different facets, right? So obviously the trade is pretty simple. It's you trade him, you get a pick for him or picks. Whether what we think he's worth, I think he's worth more than the, the next guy. And if you're saying to keep him, I think the Bills kind of agree that he's not worth selling for a fourth round pick. I don't believe the Bills think that. I don't think that they cash him out on a fourth round pick today. I do believe they would go your avenue of holding on to him and seeing what happens. However, if you get into day two and you're talking about a third and a fifth, or a second and a sixth, or some variation of that. I do think that compensation is good enough to also free up $10.5 million. So it isn't just trade ad, get a pick. It's trade ad, free money, and a pick. So the Bills could then, in theory, make some of these moves, offensive line powers, CMLO, some of the other moves we you know, we will continue to talk about next week, maybe some more. We, we're going to talk about exact free agent targets once the um, franchise tag things you know things are worked out see who's tagged if anybody and that'll come to more light as you reach kind of more the end of the 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 the, um the opening of the uh franchise tag so it'll come more early march so next week we'll get into some more targets uh this week we'll just focus on the bills players but but that's ten and a half million you free up you get the picks there's more benefit there than just you just get a a fourth round pick. I I believe in any situation to where you're getting a day three or later pick that's out. I'm with you. They keep them. They ride it out. That's the scenario. But I do think that there could be an option there or maybe some interesting topics are, could you do a a player for player trade? We've heard some of those be proposed or do you extend them? Do you say right now he's only worth a single digit amount, 8 million, 9 million, 
that Poyer amount, do you extend him out, cut off the 10 and a half? You pay him now because you trust him to develop maybe, you know, with the injuries and, and, and he finally going to take that final step. Do you get him at such a reduced rate? Maybe like you saw with a Tage Thompson and, and the Sabres, they finally took that step. Or do you do something to take sign him now um, for three I'd be years? I'm totally okay with that. If yeah. My main issue is knowing how professional athletes think. Yeah. He's going to, I would imagine Ed Oliver would rather bet on himself that he's going to have a premium fifth year and hit a big level contract than take what would be a fair level deal at the current moment. Like typically with, with athletes, it, it makes more sense to, to bet on yourself than it does take the money at the current moment. It's different for everyone, but in the NFL and the NBA, normally you, you want you see them trying to go after their max potential earnings rather than take the safe, smaller contract overall, like what happened with Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins with the Sabres. Both of them, yeah, they're getting stability. They're getting fair deals, but they left money on the table. Typically in, in the NFL, NBA, they're not leaving that money on the table. They're, they're going after what their max worth is. Yeah. I mean, MLB is interesting because people buy out their arbitration. There's some weird things that go on with the MLB, you know, someone like Fernando Tatis or some of the, you know, Ozzy Albies or some of the stars will buy out their, their arbitration years um, because they'll get paid more and they don't have to wait for it. Um, With the NFL, you're right. He's just on a one for 10 could go down though. However, he could kind of meet in the middle and kind of hedge that bet and get a couple more decent years, which players do do. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that's on the fold. Um, so we'll see what happens with Alfred. I personally like the trade him. I think that getting a couple of draft picks and, or a player for him now freeing up that 10 and a half million, we can also spend that money elsewhere on this roster. So you're really getting a player and then picks as well, or a premium player. So I think that there's a lot of flexibility there by cashing him out now. And then compared to, let's say he does play well and he bets on himself, you're not, I don't I know. Wouldn't be against the Kev. I mean, it, it does make sense. The freeing up of money is almost more valuable than the picks uh, when it's all said and done. If you right. can get a pair or you can get a, a, a day one, day two pick, that does at least create a thought where you have to entertain sure. it. But my thought process is that Brandon Bean probably is not considering that at the moment. Yeah, maybe not. And we'll see how that plays a role as we get cro- closer to draft and maybe as he scouts more of the DTs. But the the dig stuff, that's just bogus. That's just a bizarre storyline right now with, you know, Mike Florio and Pro Football Talk and others who are trying to drum up some interest based on Diggs' past tweets. You know, he's done this before, blah, 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 whatever. Um, been three years to the day, but, you know. Clickbait. No, like the bill. He's gonna. He'd have to sit out before getting traded because he counts for the Bills on twenty million dollars on the cap right now. If you trade him, he counts for thirty-seven million dollars. So even to trade him, like you would need a first, a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh, and a player. Like it's just you'd have to make up for a ton of money. Um, I can't even see a scenario to where that would happen. Um, in the worst case of scenario. So even looking at it like, okay, let's say that's legitimate. You can break it down by saying, yeah, nah, he's not going to get $37 million against the Bills cap this year. It's just not going to happen. Um, 
you know, different things happen if you traded him after June 1st. Um, but I'm not going to even get into that. Some of that mumbo jumbo, because that's what it is, is mumbo jumbo. Mike, there's no, there's no storyline there. Just a player being very vocal and betting on himself. Um, lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky, lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So... That's quite frankly what I say about that. What's what's what, what's your take on what's going on with the digs tweets and the and these stupid articles right now? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. It's it's clickbait. It's the entertainment uh, side of the NFL industry taking precedence over the actual uh, reporting side. It, it's obviously easy to connect the dots. What happened in Minnesota? He he gets mad at Josh Allen during a playoff game. It gets seen on national television. Then he has uh, some comments. People are trying to make uh, much about nothing. Like you said, there, there really isn't an avenue for him to, uh, to be traded. And the Bills have no reason to want to trade him at this point either. He signed a contract extension last offseason. He's going to be a Buffalo Bill um, going forward. And really the only way any of this changes is if there's some type of uh, horrific uh, collapse by the Bills this season where they suddenly – forget how to play football and Josh Allen suddenly doesn't target digs anymore. Once he gets his, his hundred catches again, he'll remember this is the place that's made me into uh, one of the biggest receivers in football. Diggs was always a good receiver, but it wasn't until he connected with Josh Allen that he became one of the top five guys in the entire sport of football. Uh, so I, I think it's just a lot of, a lot of talk for nothing during the off season and, once we uh, once we move on, it'll be proven that way. Fair enough. As if there's ever anything legitimate about this, obviously all of us at Cover One would dive in and actually talk about the cap ramifications or whatever. But it's just it's just mumbo jumbo. Like there's a path to like it making financial sense if they waited on it, like post draft and saw who they drafted. But it's not. I mean, it's not going to happen. Um, and and. These players are powerful enough, though. Look at what Carr was able to do. Look at what you know Brady's been basically able to to, to pound the. He's Brady, but he's able to pound the box on their cap. Um, so it's like he is of the level to where weird things could happen, but it, it's mumbo jumbo, and it's not uh, even worth breaking down. As if ever something was legitimate, you know, we'll be the first ones on here. You know, the cap team will be the first ones on here breaking down what that could mean. And that would come with like just an excruciating amount of picks for a different team. So uh, as we continue down the path of the Bills free agency. So right now we've kind of agreed no Poyer, no Singletary, not trading digs. And we're holding, we're holding at Oliver right now, uh, according to Mike. So we're going to keep him on the cap for this, for this purpose. 
So as we look down, uh, you know, some of the other names, you know, a much talked about offensive line position. I want to get into that now. One option is, and he said he would play basically for nothing, is Roger Saffold. Now, we don't want to see him starting day one. Is he better than Greg Van Roten? Is he a decent, serviceable backup starter in case of an injury? That's what our talking point is right now. Do you re-sign him to a one for $2 million? It's a straight up one year, $2 million, Mike. Yes or no? I mean, I would if he was content with being a backup. Yep, but be. I'm assuming that wouldn't be the case. And if I'm Roger Saffold, I'm still trying to explore the market to see if there is any starting opportunities yeah. out there for me. I'm not saying there is, but I would, I would still want to give it a shot. You can always resort to signing him with as a backup anywhere, unless he was so satisfied with his one year in Buffalo that he wants to just be part of this organization, regardless of if he's starting or not. Um, I just, I don't think that's likely, Kev. I guess, I guess it's certainly possible. I just don't, I don't buy the likelihood of it. So while I would take him back one year, $2 million deal, I'm, I'm going to say he's going to think he's one. still getting one for five, huh? Okay. I, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to get one for five. I, I just don't think a lot of, th- you test the waters. It doesn't mean it's going to work out for you, but would you accept something that is beneath what you're, goal or expectation is I would say no you'd want to see if there's a better better spot out there for you so if I'm him even if the bills give me a a low ball a a low offer I'm still going to try to see if I can get something I I would tell teams hey I made the pro bowl last year I I know I know I had an off year but I made the pro bowl and I, I still have been a serviceable starter throughout my career and try to see if there's a team out there that's desperate enough to bring you on He's got a bad taste in people's mouths. I mean, it's an interesting thing. I, I, for me, like once again, prefaced already, and I'll preface it a second time, it is not to start. This would be a premium backup, a guy that would come in for potentially the rookie guard. We'll get into rookie guards once again as our future show draft shows coming up. But but your, your, your preface is a hypothetical, Kev. You're assuming that he's okay with that situation. I'm saying that I, likely, for as bad as everyone thinks he is, you think he's going to get five million? Because no, I I'm not saying five million. I'm saying I, if I'm him, I'm going to try to play. I'm, I'm going to try to go somewhere where I can start. So I'm not saying that there's a starter position for him out there, but it's worth the shot at least to see if there's a job or a team or a situation. Remember how where, connected he is to. Uh, Aaron Cromer and remember that he probably without the rookie guard I, I get that part but what, what I'm saying Kevin is like if to be a backup if you if he wants uh, if he's okay with a one-year two million dollar deal that deal will still be present a month or two after the start of free agency he doesn't need to sign it today or tomorrow he can wait until later in the spring and then at that point sign a deal to be a backup guard in Buffalo if that's what presents itself it doesn't do him any benefit to to sign something like that right now. He, he'd be better off just waiting it out. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Um, I think that there's a number that's low enough to where you'd bring him back as a premium backup and he would play that backup role. I'm not and... saying that the bills wouldn't do it. I'm saying he won't do it. Okay. You that's... understand? Like I, it's not like if the bills, if Roger Saffold goes to the Bills and says, yeah, I'll sign a one-year, two million, one-year, three million dollar deal, 
I'm fine with the Bills bringing him back. I'm saying it benefits Saffold to be patient and not just rush the sign. But not if the Bills go and get that that guard somewhere else. And these places, these are now, now he's for sure a backup of a backup. Now signing maybe even less than one for two, two and a half. Well, then at that um, point, you weren't meant to continue playing. You retire and you call okay. it a, you, you right. go to the, off to the sunset. All right. So there's a lot of negativity around Roger Saffold. We'll move on right now. Mike with the pass because he doesn't think for more, because he doesn't think that Roger would take it. So in theory, that's a pass um, on him actually having that deal here in Buffalo. Kind of Ike Butker. He's the guy that I think many people would like to see come back. Um Unlike Saffold, uh, Ike Butker seems to have a pretty good feel around the Buffalo region and fans seem to, you know, enjoy that he's on the roster. I think you get him for 1.1, 1.4 roughly uh, as a backup interior guard. Mike, you like that? I'm fine with that. All right. Mike, Mike take somebody. <laughs> I don't really What's have much, co- much to comment on. I mean, if he wants to come I, back and he's willing to take a cheap contract, why not? I figured as much. Um uh, as you kind of look at Tommy Doyle, I think he takes over a couple of mentions for the, for the Bobby Hart role. I think that Tommy Doyle was the original Bobby Hart actually last year. I think that he takes back his role as a premium other backup and uh, he would take in that Hart role. I will probably bring Hart back again at the same rate. No one's going to stop that from happening. He's taken it before there's proof there as well as the bills will prove they take him at the backup rate. Bobby Hart should be on the roster next year, at least through training camp with Ike Butker, at somewhere near that minimum one, one and 1.2 uh, there for that. As we continue down the offensive line, a couple quick names though, uh, David Quisenberry and Greg Van Roten. Do either of them return at a fairly reasonable rate in the one and a half million dollar range? Mike, do you think either of them come back? Yeah, I, I think that those are certainly possible. I mean, neither of them are, are great in any respect, but uh, they're serviceable. They provide depth. I'm okay with either of them coming back. Once again, this is veteran depth. This is before the draft. The Bills will not leave guard untouched in the draft, in my opinion. Interior offensive line will not be left alone. So that's not going to be there. Just because we're talking about Ike Butker, these are just the Bills' current free agents. That doesn't mean that the Ike Butker and Bobby Hart and David Quisenberry are going to be your day one starters. So let's make sure that that's crystal clear. These are just your backup options. The league barely has five starters on each team, let alone backups. So you got to remember that some of these guys that are going to return at a reasonable rate and look at the, look at the offensive lines in like the XFL. They're terrible. I mean, there's not enough offensive linemen right now. So that kind of proved to this, like you're not going to have, you know, Zach Martins behind Mitch Morse's. That's, that's not quite how you build an offensive line. So you need veteran minimum guys, especially with the way the bills cap is this year. These are the guys that need to back up your starters. Um, I personally think they draft a guard because of the benefit to how much you'll owe him. In the second round, you're owing him a you know, million and a half. You're going to get high-end guard. If you sign a Powers or a Siamalu, you're talking about eight to 14 per year, roughly somewhere in there based on the market. It's just not overly doable. Um, and at least then you'll also have a rookie guard in the second round, four years, mill and a, mill and a half, two million, two and a half as the, as this contract goes, but a very reasonable deal. Call it like four for seven. Um, it's just too reasonable uh, to pass up on something like that on a roster that needs it. I think they get a day one starting guard uh, on day two. So that's my opinion on where they go. And I think there's some really good names of, of guys that I really like right now. 
And we're definitely going to get into those in maybe a couple of weeks here. So make sure you tune in as March approaches. Uh, we'll definitely get into some of the guard names. Uh, but I 100% personally believe that they'll draft an offensive lineman. Some of these names are just who's currently a free agent on the Bills roster. And I'm sorry, they're going to resign some of them. I don't know what to say. They're going to be resigned. Uh, Mike and I are kind of just trying to guess what we would do uh, in these scenarios. But some of, the, some of these guys are going to return. A really interesting one, Mike. I want—I had this noted to talk about. I want to make sure we get it in. Case Keenum. He is best friends with Josh Allen, apparently. Uh, this this room of Barkley and Josh seem to be like the best quarterback room, uh, rapport-wise, that they've ever built. Do you re-sign Case? Is he a guy? There is a, a lot of names in here of guys that could be a QB, too. You've got like the Jacoby Brissett's. If he'll take a backup role, you have the uh, Sam Darnold's. You have uh, Mitch Trubisky most likely being available. You have a couple of very interesting names that you could maybe upgrade, but does it upgrade the room? If you have to play one of these guys, how likely are we to win anyways? What's your opinion on, do you bring back Case Keenum one for three, one for four? Do you try to find someone younger and more talented? What's, what's your play here right now as we're looking at the sheet and seeing, all right, backup quarterbacks on it again. Yeah, I, I'm fine if with bringing back Case Keenum, if he's willing to come back on the cheap. Yeah. He wants to get a little bit more than what a backup quarterback should get paid. I'm also okay with him walking. Uh, like you said, there are some decent backup quarterbacks that will be available. If a guy like Mitch Trubisky is willing to come back, if a Jacoby Brissett, um, or even, you never know, Sam Darnold, if, if a situation where one of those three guys comes to your team and they're willing to – play for about the same money that Case Keenum is uh, willing to play for, then I would, I would prefer one of those three instead. But it, it's at, at backup quarterback. We've seen where the bills do value it. They don't want to go into a season with Matt Barkley as the number two anymore. Uh, just because that drop off is, is crazy. Uh, obviously any drop off from Allen to a Keenum or, uh, Trubisky is significant, but you at least trust that they might be able to steal you a game or maybe get you by for a two, three week span. Uh, I don't know if I, you could say the same for a guy like Matt Barkley, but I don't value backup quarterback enough to be giving significant money to any of these guys either. So if Keenum decides he wants to go a different direction, I just put a couple offers to, to a group of guys, I'm saying first one that takes this number, you can be the backup, and yeah. um, and that's my approach on it. Uh, you need do you let Josh have a say in it, though. I guess would be the point there. Do you let Josh care or no? I personally, I I wouldn't care. I know in the past they kind of have had guys in the QB room that he's been close with. Uh, that's part of the reason why Barkley's there right now. Uh, obviously Davis Webb and he got along fine with Trubisky's getting final along. He's getting along fine. I mean, with Case Keenum, but Josh is at the point where he's a franchise quarterback. I don't think you need to be surrounding him with his best friends. You just need to be surrounding him with the best players possible to, to win football games and make a run. Uh, I don't think um, winning in January and February is going to make a difference if you're surrounded by your best friend in the quarterback room or if you're surrounded by someone that you just work well along with. So um, I, I, I understand why 
you you considered giving him a say, but we've also discovered in the past with other Buffalo sports teams, when you give certain players too much of a say, uh, it doesn't always work out in your benefit. Yeah, not to include Aaron Rodgers, who's not a free agent, but there's six starting quarterbacks out there that they've designated could be starting quarterbacks that are in free agent. This is a lot. The Bills never had this in the drought year, but you have Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Jacoby Brissett, they say still a starter, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr. Um, those are the six starting quarterbacks. Underneath that tier, you have Sam Darnold leading this tier two, Baker Mayfield, Mike White, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, finish off tier two, tier threes, Andy Dalton, Gardner Minshew, Tyler uh, Taylor Heineke, Jarrett Stidham, Flacco, and Keenum are in the third tier. So those are all the guys that are on Keenum's tier or better. He's at kind of at the bottom of tier three. I think he's a fairly good tier three style quarterback. What what do you think there, Mike? Anything that jumps out to you? Are you just going they just you going Keenum? You feeling good about that? Or do you think that they should really try for a Minshew, uh, Darnold, Mike White? I just don't have strong enough opinions on it, Kev. It, it's one of those things where, like I said, with a backup quarterback, you're just trying to steal a game or two. I don't think there's any other quarterback in the NFL that'll play that plays a style similar to what Josh Allen brings to the table. So even though you look at a guy like Mitch Trubisky and you'd say, well, he's, he's kind of mobile. He has a decent arm in the end. He's nowhere close to Josh uh, as a quarterback. Keenum, you need to play a completely different style when he's at quarterback. Jacoby Brissett, you're going to have to play differently as well. So in the end, you're just trying to find someone that if Josh went down for a month, like we thought almost happened uh, at the end of last year, you're hoping that the guy can just salvage a game or two and keep you keep it from okay. just falling apart completely. I'm not looking for some superstar that's going to keep things at the same high level because we know how much the Bills offense revolves on Josh just being superhuman at times. Yeah. I'm picking uh, to clear this up. I'm picking Sam Darnold. I think he has the potential to win you games. He's close with um, Josh. He's the best Palmer. option. He's the best option. We both. I think he's that. worth. Um, if if you're giving out one for threes, if you're giving up someone to rebirth their career, similar to Mitchell Trubisky, I think you call up Sam and you sell the opportunity to him like you did Mitch the first time. That's the way I would go, and I'd actually feel okay about him coming in as like really a, a guy that's able to win some football games. So that's where I stand on that. Uh, I think you at least try and you say, Hey, come here, come be the best version of yourself. Look what Mitch went out and then got a starter role. Come back here, come be with Josh. You're going to be on a good football team. That's where I stand on the whole backup quarterback. I'm starting with, I'm starting with Sam Darnold to see if he'll come and back up Josh Allen. Pretty simple. A um, couple defensive ends or defensive linemen. I want to get into here before show closes. Jordan Phillips, fan favorite Shaq Lawson, another guy who came back and played very well. You re-signing both of those, Mike? Are those two guys that the Bills are bringing back? I'm o- I'm open to it. Shaq uh, is Shaq can play. He's not going to be the type of defensive end fans want, though. He, he's not going to be a a pressure guy at the end. Uh, he's decent in the run game, but he's really kind of I don't want to be hard on him kind of on his last life right now in Buffalo. He's never going to really be an impact starter in the NFL again. He's more of a backup depth guy. Jordan Phillips fans, I I think still have memories of him having the, what was a nine, nine sack season back in 2019. And this year just injured throughout Uh, can make impact plays, but they're guys I'm, I, I would definitely welcome back 
if they're willing to to stay here and play on the cheap. Uh, that's basically their value now. They 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 bring in, they can make a play here or there, but their real purpose is just to to fill out depth on this roster. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I sign Shaq. I think he comes at a fairly reasonable rate. I think that's exactly who you're looking for as a backup rotational defensive end. Um, I mean, I think he was fine. Uh, I just don't know how much assets you can keep continuing to pour into defensive end, whether there's a fallacy there or not. I think that that it's fine, including um, including Von Miller's potential return early in the season. I truly believe that. I believe his timeline is going to be way earlier than Trey White's was. And uh, the ability to, I mean, I like AJ FNS more than the average person. I like Greg Rousseau. Uh, I mean, he's just a rotational guy in there. And maybe you could go find another one to battle in there, but I'm re-signing Shaq. I think he knows the system. He likes playing here. We'll take a, a deal in the 2 million range. I think it's a decent combination. I don't, I don't have any issues with that. And Phillips, I could take or leave Phillips. He played hurt most of the year. Definitely didn't deserve the $6 million, $5 million that he got this year. That's a guy I can more take or leave right now, especially if you keep at Oliver in your scenario, you keep Daquan Jones, um, you have Tim Saddle on the roster still, you might do a little bit of youth movement in there somewhere. Kev, this um, team is going to look so similar in many regards next year. It's it's going to be so frustrating to a large part of this fan base mm-hmm. that essentially the main thing that's, yeah, that's fine. I, and I'm okay with it, but based on the comments that we've gotten since the playoff loss, a lot of people want, when bad things happen, they want change. Change is how they process, how are things going to get better? And really everything we're talking about, the the changes we're discussing today aren't really great additions. It's you're probably going to lose Jordan Poyer. You're possibly losing Tremaine Edmonds. You're, Guys coming back might be depth guys that are getting minimal veteran contracts uh, outside of the draft and maybe one decent free agent signing. Uh, they're running it back with the squad. And a lot of people are going to be frustrated, frustrated overall with that, Kev. I think if Tremaine walks, they do address linebacker. I think like a Jermaine Pratt, I think they'll go to the next best option. Truthfully, I do think that. And there's been a lot of talk about if Pratt at a half or a good reduction to Tremaine Edmonds is a better value. Going to get into that next week for sure uh, as we talk about some of the targets for the Bills uh, specific to their free agency class. So um, we'll start to talk replacements here. Mike Mike seems to think the roster stays the same. I think mostly true. I keep Shaq. I let Jordan Phillips walk. That's my personal. I think, Mike, you said you could take or leave either. AJ says cut them both or let them both walk. So there's probably – I like the one-in-one one plan there in the defensive line. We'll see how that ends up turning out. Lastly here, the receivers. Everyone wants to talk about them. I wanted to get them in here last. You got, obviously, Jake Kumaro is a free agent. I'm done with it. I'm done with the experiment. See you later. I don't think there's much to talk about. But more more talking point there is Jamison Crowder. Do you bring him back on a one for $2 million deal, Mike? I think you're a Jamison Crowder fan. What, what Do you bring yeah, him I, back? I would, I'd, I'd take him back. Um, I would take okay. him or Cole Beasley back. Either one of them wants to sign a cheap contract. Uh, I, I would bring them back. That pick one. You get, you get to pick one. One for if $2 I pick million. One, I'm, pick, I'm picking Jamison Crowder. But I will okay. say this. Even if I re-sign Jamison Crowder or I 
re-sign Cole Beasley, that's no guarantee I'm going to be running with them during the regular season or that they're even going to make No, of course team. not. Um, the way I look at wide receiver going forward, I, I have Diggs one, Davis as a two. Ideally, one of these four standout first-round wide receivers. Um, you guys all know Jackson Smith and Jigba, Zay Flowers, Jordan Adders, Ad, pardon me, Addison. Uh, and, and there's some other guys there that have some high skill level. Ideally, I'll have one of them as the three, and then Khalil Shakir as the four. And if that happens, yeah, if you if Jamison Crowder or Cole Beasley want to come back and sign a veteran minimum deal, one year, two, $2 million or something along those lines, yeah, I'll gladly take them back to be to be the a four or five receiver on this team. But, um, yeah, I – it's really not a tough decision for me. I, I definitely would be open to either of them coming back. Hmm. Okay. For me, I bring back, uh, I don't bring back Crowder. He's gone. Um, I bring you back. You didn't Beasley. like Crowder going back. And I was right. In camp last year. And I was right. He played, and you he played two games before he got hurt. So, okay. That's exactly right. He's always been hurt though. That was part of the reason I didn't like him. Plus his bobbled interception off the hands. Um, and we tried to blame. He wasn't sharp. I admit it. Like Kev, he wasn't sharp in his limited action, but he was also hurt during camp. Okay. And put behind and the got hurt ball. again. I do believe the bills offense would have looked different. Had Crowder been available throughout last season. If we're, if we're looking at the offense, Cole Beasley's loss. Losing him, letting him go, changed everything. Crowder was going to be a person that had significant production out of the slot, and suddenly he's down, and it forced Isaiah McKenzie to do a lot more than what he should have been counted on doing. And I also think that, for better or worse, the the team, coaching staff, and fans got a little bit too hyped about a productive training camp out of McKenzie. Crowder got hurt early. McKenzie made some plays and we entered the regular season thinking McKenzie was suddenly going to be a guy after not being a guy the first four years of his NFL career. Do you bring Um, back McKenzie? How about that? You didn't, I know I, I I let McKenzie walk. I'm done. I'm I'm done with McKenzie. And and, and, I like him. Yeah. You say, I I like him. It's just, he had a role on the team in the past when he was the gadget guy and he was doing the jet sweeps, and you could do certain things with him, and he had special teams impact. Yeah, he he had a role. He's not doing special teams anymore. He's not doing gadget stuff anymore. You you have him as your slot receiver. He's just he doesn't he doesn't add that dimension to me where I want him on the field as a number three or number four receiver. I I don't have the confidence in him. He's had a few games here or there. But too many big drops in critical, critical situations and too inconsistent uh, throughout the entire year. I, I just want – I want to redo the whole slot position. And maybe if Khalil Shakir is that guy, um, they can attack the draft a little bit differently. Maybe Khalil Shakir is the person that they want as the number three next year. But, yeah, I'm, I'm good with McKenzie and Kumro both walking. Okay. So you can cut McKenzie, save a little bit of money. Kumaro's a free agent. He's walking. John Brown's walking. We're going to. Yeah, I decide. You know, John Brown, I forgot, was even on the team. So, okay. Uh, 
Um, we'll, we'll, we'll agree. I guess they're going to bring back both of us agree. They're going to bring back Beasley to some sort of deal, some low end deal. And then uh, Crowder. I don't think so. Mike said he would, we'll see which way they go with that. And then real briefly to break down some of the names you just mentioned, Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Zay Flowers, Josh Down, Cedric Tillman, Jalen Hyatt, Keyshawn Booty. Those are your top eight, um, top 50 uh, by most boards, depending on where they are. And Zay Flowers, his eyes shot up. Woo! His odds went to one of the best receivers drafted first, uh, plus 750 um, odds that he's the first receiver drafted. So there's some buzz around Zay Flowers right now. Um, so there's definitely some names in there of people that uh, could be really, and that's not I even think they can get one of those guys. So when you look at like the top yeah. five receivers, Kev, yeah, they should be able. I don't, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't guarantee it, but I think one of those guys will drop to twenty seven. Okay, and that's not even including Nathaniel Dell, Tank Dell, um, who some people think is a first, second round pick. My, my biggest, um, my biggest question is if if it's one of those wide receivers versus an Osiris Torrance, mm-hmm. which route do they go? I think the Bills would take the guard, but okay, I would be okay going either way. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think the Bills would take the premium receiver, knowing what their costs are in free agency, knowing you're going to lose Gabe Davis either way uh, next this time next year. So I think the premium receiver – I like a couple of other guards in this draft. That's why I don't know how much I like some of those second, third, fourth receivers. I like a lot of interior linemen in this draft. So I think that plays a role in my opinion, as you look through um, some like Andrew Voorhees is of the world, Jared Patterson, Luke Wepler, um, some of the other John Michael Schmitz, uh, Avila. Uh, So there's a couple of other Ricky Stromberg. There's a couple of other interior names that I really like um, on this roster. Um, and that's even if Torrance, the one is available as well. So we're going to get into that in future editions. We have a great episode coming up at nine o'clock. Make sure you turn on, tune in with that with Ant. We have the cap special tomorrow, which this and then even more. We're going to make some official um, official predictions. We'll take in everything we talked about today, Mike and myself. I'll bring into the cap special tomorrow. We'll give our plan. We'll give our course of action and we'll see which ones of these that we've talked about will be implemented by the entire cover one crew. We'll release cool graphics and exact cap figures after that edition. So make sure you tune into that live tomorrow. I'm coming on Buffalo. We'll be doing uh, a special tomorrow. So uh, everyone make sure you tune into that. Mike, to kind of wrap this up, tell me how you, I know you said you think everything's going to stay the same. Maybe one move, especially if they don't let Tremaine or sign Tremaine. Um, ultimately, do you think that that minus a draft class, do you think that Brandon Bean's going to sit there and watch free agency fly by him? He never has. Do you think that he does it? This is the year. I'm, I'm he... not going to say he's going to let it fly by him. Okay. There, I certainly think he's going to bring somebody in that it won't be a high level free agent, but someone in the mid tier. I believe he'll try to bring someone mid-tier related to Buffalo, whether that be um, a guy like a maybe he makes a move after a Paris Campbell. Maybe he makes a move after some um, mid-level guy. I know one of the Twitter followers, one, one of the Twitter people I follow mentioned maybe McCall, McCall Harmon uh, mm-hmm. from Kansas City could be a possibility to Buffalo. So there's some move out there. It's just trying to guess it. Probably not mm-hmm. going to be the easiest thing to, to project. So uh until we really get more reports, more rumors uh, out there, it's, it's really no use speculating at this point. But 
I am interested to see how the Bills attack this offseason. I do think there's ways of improving this team uh, through the draft and addressing some things in free agency. Obviously, they're limited by the money. There's no gonna, there's not going to be any Von Miller-type move uh, this offseason or major move like that. But I do think Brandon Bean is going to be smart, and he's going to um, put ideas together and try to, to work something out. I, I know people have speculated Odell Beckham Jr. because of the recent hiring uh, of the Bills – a wide receiver coach, that's probably going to be too costly. But you never know. Uh, Is there some spark out there that um, is already in the works that we just don't know about? We'll we'll just have to wait and see. To my point, it was a loaded question in that time. I do not think Brandon Bean sits and waits with his potential to take the next step, especially if Tremaine Edmonds doesn't get done. That would cap the team a little bit. If he doesn't get done, Bills aren't just going to sit there. I think they're going to make a few moves. Jermaine Pratt's of the world, maybe use that money to address receiver. Do they see if any of the veteran receivers are available? Do any of them fit the bill for the team? I think that you could see a different multitude of moves uh, in free agency if they don't sign any. This this whole edition, if if none of these guys sign, uh, I do think that the Bills could utilize that. Say they cut McKenzie, they could do a couple of other things. Uh, do something with Hines, either reduce his salary or cut him. Um, they're going to free up enough money, in my opinion, to then go ahead and make a move, especially without Tremaine Evans. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on. I do not believe Bean just sits and watches this free agency period, um, letting a couple of these guys walk. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be his on his agenda. But, Mike, we've been a great free agency edition. We have more stuff coming up. Please tune in tomorrow to our final cap special Draft coverage, AJ's going down to the Combine. Um, lots of cool stuff going on and cover one and player profiles. So we have so much stuff coming up and coming at you over the next two months. So we're really looking forward to all of the draft coverage, all the free agency coverage. We'll be doing live shows. We'll be doing things as news and notes come out. If anything's actually realistic with digs and some of that stuff, we'll be the first ones at you with what that means, ramifications, what the team will be doing going forward. Stay tuned. Nine o'clock we have... Um, we have Ant coming on to talk uh, for his show. Uh, so cap special tomorrow. Really appreciate everybody tuning in. AJ, Mike, myself, we'll be right back at you next Tuesday, seven o'clock for another brand new edition of the going deep podcast. Catch you guys next week. Josh Allen looking deep, going deep. To me talking about the bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. Slings it deep downfield, and it's Right now, I just want to talk about this championship level. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw. And it is called in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone and caught for a touchdown. Play action. Allen. Deep downfield. Wide open. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.